Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and what a treat this week. And it's very a serendipitous time. I said serendipitous to have our guest, Elizabeth A. Davis, Tony-nominated actress, who was in the uh, Broadway musical Once. Isn't this a coincidence? (laughs) She will be starring in the revival on Broadway of 1776. And it's the, it, yesterday was uh, July 4th, Independence Day. Isn't that crazy, the way that worked out? Oh, I just really have the luck. She's fascinating. She's wonderful. And we have a lot of friends in common. So I think you're going um, to really enjoy this interview. Hopefully as much as I did. FYI, if you're on the Cape, I am performing tomorrow night and tonight. Tuesday and Wednesday at the Art House at 7.30. So uh, sit back, 
Relax. I realized where I got sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's from every fucking flight I have taken. Because I took a flight today, and I realized that they said sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight, which doesn't happen, especially when there's a baby screaming behind you. But um, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Kill me now. This is a very special episode of Kill Me Now because I literally slept in a sleeping clinic last night because I snore. And my lover, Elisa, can't take it anymore. Neither can I because it's like that, a lot of that. I came home and took a nap because our guest today, not only interesting, uber talented, I'm going to go with like beyond attractive, like annoyingly attractive. Wow. Then plus the smart, plus the musician. It's a quadru- quadruple sin- sin- sextuplet, sextuplet threat. I just wish it meant that I made more money. No? Sister, <laughs> that is my, I, in therapy every week. And I know we share so uh, we share a a, a, a work ethic. Uh, listening to you speak about your work, the idea of integrity and due diligence, like this podcast for me is a um, it's out of love. I don't make any money from that. You know, it's a labor of love. But the the word labor, I think, is what a lot of people don't realize yeah. th- that is the most important thing. Yes. And now before we begin, and I, I mentioned your name, I mean, even though we've already begun, we've only just begun. I'll find your key. Some, I'll, I'll find to it. live widely. Sin- okay. How dare you say you're not a singer? Look at you. Listen. Oh, yeah. I just want to say our guest today, Tony nominated... Drama Desk nominated. I was also Drama Desk nominated, but I knew I lost because I was in row S for sorry. Yeah. So Elizabeth A. Davis, also Elizabeth Ann Davis, but we call her Elizabeth A. Davis, who is a Broadway. Okay. I, I don't even know how to say this. Okay. She's an, a Broadway performer, an off-Broadway performer, a writer, a musician, a creator of art really fascinating life so everybody elizabeth a davis is with us tonight and she you're gonna see her on broadway very soon you know we'll see what happens it's supposed to happen but at this you know does anyone act oh please you know yeah it's supposed to happen judy i trust that it will happen but you know i am poo 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 all the time because you're like me in that way too i mean you just don't know. And, and I mean, we're going to talk about the COVID situation later because your story about COVID is, is fascinating. But, you know, right before COVID, I was cast in a Broadway, my first serious Broadway show. I was, I was finally cast. I've done a lot of off-Broadway. And um, so I was finally cast in this show. And Elisa, my lover... She, um, L O V A H. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. You're so smart. Okay. Yes. Lover. She, 
she, I literally am sitting at my desk. It's right. It's like March, whatever that whole horrible time period. And she says to me, I got you a present. And she goes to the bedroom. And then as she's walking back from the bedroom, my agent calls to tell me mm, COVID not happening. You know, they first they say on hold and then it's like on never. Uh, and she literally has in her hand a pillow that's that she had made that said Broadway bound Judy. I hate everything. Everything. So that's my COVID story. But OK, but um, you have a better one. So. Elizabeth A. Davis, we're going to start at the very beginning. You were born in Duma, Texas, but you were raised in Channing, Texas, which has a population of 363 people. That's 363 people, folks. Total. That's like the capacity at Caroline's uh, on Broadway Comedy Club. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It. We have, uh, I grew up, Driving an hour to get groceries every week. What? Did you have like ice ice packs? Because er, when, when Elisa and I go to the grocery store and it's literally in Provincetown and it's literally two seconds away. And she's like, oh, my God, oh, the frozen fruit. I'm like, we're going like 10 feet. OK. All right. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So we have we have a light. We have a light at the main intersection of town, but it doesn't it doesn't stop you. It just blinks. Yeah. So, so my, my mother grew up on a farm about 15 miles from this town. My father grew up about two hours from this town. Uh, and my parents are still there. It's the house I grew up in. So it's, uh, it, it feels impossible. Um, and it's, and it's all I ever knew. And it's, I, so it's so fascinating because it's, it's sort of like towns like that are, are in movies are, 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 you know, fantasy. Your mom, by the way, Melody, your dad, Frank, you have a brother, Jonathan, and your dad was the superintendent of the schools, correct? Also, Judy, while my father was the superintendent, he also had a bus route. We have the longest bus routes in the entire state of Texas because kids live so far out on the ranches. Right, right. Husband lived 40 miles out of town on a ranch. So Frank Davis would like drive his bus um, and pick up the kids and then come superintend and then and then direct the play. And so you, I think that, you know, the work ethic piece or the sense of labor, there was always there was always something to do. People are like, weren't you bored? No, I was not bored. If you were bored, go out and dig a hole. And- well, I, you know, that's so interesting because I was just talking about this. When people say, weren't you bored? You know, the fact I don't think. Kids today know how to be bored. I think since the invention of the uh, of social media and the phone, no one the kids are not comfortable with being bored, and it is boredom that makes the best art that that creates the best inventions, right? And so, so your nearest neighbor was ha- how far? What? How much? We lived in town. So- okay. How many people were lived in town? The three six three. The, all the 363. Yeah. No, this is a great story. What one day um, someone got mad at my dad and my mom, and I think I was at college or something. And so my brother was there. So they went around to all four population signs of Channing and, and put over it a sign that said Davisville population three. <gasps> Isn't that great? 
So I was like, well, I guess I'm not a part of the family. <laughs> yeah, you moved out. You're done. You know, you know, we don't even consider you anymore. Right. So, um, ju- just to show the level of like, you know, my, they just, they just, we just did everything. We did everything. Right. And you were, you took care of one another. I mean, these communities. Oh my gosh. they. Still- it's like a kibbutz. It's like a kibbutz a little bit. Right. So yes. your mother, I, I read, you know, she got a, a master's degree. Your mother was a speech coach and a teacher and she got a master's in speech communication when you were two. Is that correct? Uh, but, so I did grow up that both of my parents were getting their higher education degrees. You know, we would drive back and forth. Now, Canyon, it, that was an hour and a half. Yes, we would have Schwan, Schwans. Is this a thing people No, No one knows this. What's Schwans? Schwan truck. Where no. live in these tiny towns and a man in a truck with frozen food in the back would, would drive and stop at the t- and, and And ring a bell? Yes. And uh, and would deliver frozen food. So we would have Schwan man chicken sticks while mama went to do this and daddy went to do that, you know, the, getting their their degrees. So that sense of like continuing education, always being curious and just a sense of like there was more in the world than than three, six, three and Davisville population three. Do you have a production company? Because you have to name it three, six, three productions. We don't, we don't have that yet. We should. Yes. You have to name it three, six, three or Davisville three Uh, productions. Okay. So going back, how many people were in, did you go to preschool? Did you go to kindergarten or no? Melody Davis wanted to teach Elizabeth to read. So I ripped no. So we did school until I was what five. And then after five, then I went to school. So you were like homeschooled by your, by Melody was Jonathan as well. He was six. I was six and a half before he came along. Oh, okay. So I very, I have very strong only child vibes. Yes. Like strong firstborn daughter vibes. Yeah. That my husband has feelings about it. And, um, Uh, I'm like, I'm not an only child anyway. So she's like, no, you're going to, I'm going to teach you to read. And then you're going to go to school. And, um, you started in first grade then. And how many kids were in your class? Well, by the time I graduated, there were, there were 10 of us, which meant, wow. Which meant that because Frank was a superintendent, he had to write a letter. (laughs) I love that you call them Frank (laughs) Melody. Okay. My kids do that to me and it's so annoying. Go ahead. They'll, they'll have to forgive me. So I was not in the top 10% of my class, Judy. What? I was salutatorian, but I was not in the you top. You were number two. two. I was Jana Gates. God oh, love. fuck Jana. Look at Jana now. What is Jana doing now? Lovely. Judy, she's lovely. Okay. Does she live in Channing? She does not. She does not. But I'm not, not sure where she leads. She, she lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for number 10. Yeah. Were you friends with number 10? I, was I know you're friends with everyone, but I did my high school boyfriend, Daniel wall, you know, was he in your class? No, he was the great above. Of course he was. Okay. What but number was he? I, I three. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. St- you know, we should, we should put him to, we won't discuss him. Okay. We're not going to discuss him, but I'm just like, okay, go ahead. The, 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 so I constituted what um, percentage 
11 to 21, well, math, whatever. Like, right, right, right. The, the entire 80th percentile was me, all 10 points of it. So <laughs> my father had to write a letter to my my school and say, this is why she's not in the top 10% of her class, even though her GPA was like 98.6 or something, you know. If you were Jewish yes. and you came home as number two, you know, what? You're number two, you cut. Who's number one? I mean, it would have been. Right, right. Forget it. But let, you know, Jana, Godspeed. Godspeed. We went like, listen, my family wishes we were Jewish. This is not a lie. <laughs> and I think most people in Channing, Texas and the surrounding areas wish they were too. No so, way. I think everyone in Texas hates us. No. Okay. No, 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 no. This is really, not, no, we are Protestants. We, oh, okay. Got you. You are chosen, Judy. So we wish we were children and we're not. So but that, you know, that curiosity is very Jewish that, you know, know everything and learn, keep learning and learning. That's also a, a very Jewish kind of thing. So you, you are Jewish. And have you had your DNA done? No, I you never know. But let me tell, I, you know, I, I often play Eastern European. I know. And once, and once you uh, played it, played a check. I did. Um, but uh, I recently lost a job, uh, what, five arc TV sh- because I didn't have living relatives in Eastern Europe. I was like, I've got all the Western Europe folks, but I did, but I haven't done my, my DNA. So I don't know. I don't know. Wait, you lost a job because of your ancestry? My wonderful, perfect agent was mortified. Jewish? That- Is your agent Jewish? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And he was mortified that he had to even ask. But, but, but we were asked. So, uh, if, if I had living relatives in Eastern Europe, so it's Serbian, whatever, whatever it could have been, Judy, I could have not got the job because I was not good enough. Someone, that, else, um, no, sorry. Someone might've been better. No, but I'm sure that if someone had Serbian relatives, it would have put them right. You know, so right. Bonus. Great. She's, she's, she's right. And she's Serbian. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very 
very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out fast growing trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Can you name right now all 10 people in your high school class? Okay. Just, you can do first names if you want. Okay, go. My best friend left and I'm at what? Okay. That's a say. We had TJ, Ryan, Kristen, Tava, Jessica. Did I already say Jana? No. Early. Oh, who? Shirley. Shirley? Shirley Vincent. Shirley is such an older woman's name. I love that. Okay. And uh, I don't, I think, oh, Cy Brown. Yeah, Cy. Cy. So there were three boys? Well, this is why I had the old, this is why I had the boyfriend in a grade above, because there were very slim pickings. I know, but this is why you're so strong, too. Like, you're the eldest you know, you went to school with, with other smart girls. No, we, we did not. We did not suffer. There was no suffering of foolishness. Right. So did you, what was your school like? Was it like those shows where you have a little schoolhouse and there's one room and that, what was it like? one room, but it was one building. And then there was like the math building was adjacent and the home economics building was. Oh, I, can you believe that we had to take home economics. I, I mean, you're way younger than me. The girls had to take home economics and right. I wanted to take shop. Well, we did get to take, I took woodworking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Home economics. So my husband, my husband took home. He was in Dallas. I'm like, oh, oh please. Please. You're a city boy. I can't, I, I can't. Yeah. I don't know how to chop wood. Um, and so uh, 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 he actually um, took home economics as well. And he does know how to brown meat very well. That's amazing. That's great. <laughs> we had a sew. I remember in third grade, they taught us how to answer the telephone. Yeah, I remember. I was like so excited because I wanted to be the, you know, and you had to say, hi, gold. Hello, gold residents. Uh, this is Judith. How, you know, something. I forgot what it was. I forgot yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, I rem it's times were much simpler, but. Did you change classrooms every year? Like it was like the first grades here, the second grades here, the third grades here. Yes. Um, my gosh, Mr. Crawford, Mrs. Crawford. I do remember Mr. Crawford got mad at Tava and picked. I love that name, Tava. Tava Deathridge. And she picked <laughs> up, I mean, horrible things, horrible things happened, but you know, it was the, it was. She picked her up. Mr. Crawford picked Tava up. One hand with her in the chair, the other hand, the desk and removed her, you know, these things that stick with you when you're in fourth grade. But yeah. Things happened. Uh, Mr. Knowles was fired for pissing off the water tower while drunk. Oh, wow. That's definitely in a play that I've written. Um, so testing the, 
barometric pressure had to go piss off the water tower. So did you have extracurricular activities? Every single one, Judy. Basketball, cross country, track. I was a cheerleader. I was, I think I got it. You were a cheerleader for like three people. You couldn't have a team, could you? The reason I had to be a cheerleader was because there were not enough girls. I played basketball as the point guard. Also got a technical foul as a point guard for punching a girl in the tits. <laughs> Why? What did she do? She had elbowed me in the neck. No oh, one fuck her. Fuck her and they didn't call a foul? Exactly. So I, ha- I had to say, this. I will be judicious about this. Clearly, right. I will take care of the judiciousness of the issue. So... Um, and so then after we would play ball and scream and holler and I would try to shoot three point shots, I would then change, be sweaty mess into my cheerleading outfit and then <laughs> further scream at the refs. And, uh, you know, I, I just my entire cheer style was get up. Like just, <laughs> but there, how many people were on your teams? Like, were you playing other schools that were tiny or Adrian Vega, you know, Hartley? Oh. Did did everyone know everyone's business? I think. Right? I, I think so. Um, I know that Daniel cheated on me with my second cousin and <laughs> drove to groom in the middle of the night. And then he also cheated on me with this girl named Johanna from Finland, who I've also written into a play. Yes, Johanna. Johanna from fin- Maybe that's why I've gone there. Wait, is Finland? What is Finland considered? It's not Eastern Europe. No. What am I? No. Doing? What is she? She's Finnish. She's yeah. She's Finnish. She's Finnish. I'm done with her. I, over. Okay. So, um, uh, but so I did know that I didn't. Oh, he also cheated on me with Tabitha Grant. So. Oh, she's a bitch. I hate her. I, I can't even. Anyone with the name Tabitha, I'm sorry if you're listening and your name is Tabitha. Your parents made a big mistake. Go ahead. So what I'm saying is, oh, Lona Rogers too. Lona. So uh, I didn't know anyone's business, but clearly he knew everyone's business. Right, right. So you did all this stuff. Did they have theater? Because I know your parents were both into the arts. I have to say, my parents remain heroes to me. They took these kids off of these, like, that would have otherwise had relative to no exposure to theater. And they did, they did, my mother did sophisticated productions. Mystery of the Ming Tree was, I think. Wow. They, it it was an oasis. And still have students that come back and tell them such, you know. So it was really extraordinary to watch. This is for me where theater and and I guess the arts combined with service really took hold. The, The ability to say, we can do two things at once here. We art and we can also try to change people's lives for the better. And I really admire that to this day about them. Did you have a prom? Did you have? Oh, yes. You did. My gosh, I haven't talked to this man in 20 years, but he's getting some um, some airtime. Daniel made a homemade like have you seen these like huge the the, the mums? Yeah. Yeah. So just the huge like it looks like you have you know, an additional set of bosoms. Right. Um, Which I do have now that I'm turning a very old age in November. Go ahead. I, well, I, I had a um, boob job fund in high school, speaking of. Really? Well, it was very, it was very in at that point to have boobs. Right. No, 
And I didn't, I don't. So I thought, but now I, uh, I've, I've settled, I've settled in, I've settled in to that. Um, you gotta love yourself. Cause you, that's all you got. I, I can't, I'm still fascinated by this tiny little town. Was there any sort of drama? Like, you know, was there, were there drugs? Were there, I mean, you, you think about all the stuff, kids in high school, mental illness. Um, did you have a guidance counselor? Um, or was everyone four or five different things in the town? It was so protected, Judy. I mean, I mean, it was, we did not have, I guess the internet. Oh my gosh. I didn't have a phone. There was, we went out to the dirt track and threw rocks, like deeply provincial and people filled with it. I happened to have a friend group that you know, all 10 of us that just decided to fill our time with reading poetry and right. And does, was anyone bullied? I'm sure they were. And it was probably me doing it. Oh, you're horrible. Okay. It probably, I don't think so. Kindness, kindness has always been uh, right. important, but, but I did. Oh, speaking of the prom, I did I don't think the word bully is correct, but I I know that Kristen wanted to have the theme for the prom truly madly deeply off of, do you know that song? Yeah. That song, I have no idea. And I was like, no, we're going to have, your heart will go on. <laughs> what a heart, I still, it's a big regret. Do you feel like, so you were a little bit of the mean girl. It is possible. Yes. So I might have to get uh, Tiva or whatever her name is and Jana Tava. I, I need to I need to get them on. You went to Baylor. You got a Bachelor of Fine Arts and then you got a Master of Fine Arts at Case Western Reserve Cleveland Playhouse. Now, you started playing the violin at the age of three. I read. Is that correct? That's true. Yes. Uh, my parents took me to see the Nutcracker and at intermission, daddy took me down to see the orchestra and I distinctly like poor memory. I was three. And I remember driving back to Channing in the Cougar, the gold Cougar looking out the back and crying because I wanted to play the violin, which was good because I was going to have to play an instrument anyway. I wasn't going right. to a good thing. I wanted to. Who taught you? Mrs. Gibbons and Don Hart. <laughs> And, oh, there was somebody else in there. Oh, gosh. My parents didn't play. Right. And did you practice a lot? I mean, see, that's, no? No, of course, of course. Yeah, because you had, that's the same thing with me. I wasn't popular. And, you know, when I was sitting around the house, I'm like, I'll go practice the piano. You practiced. My mother, who I, hopefully you can tell, I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with both my parents and I love them very much, but she did, I do have this very scarring picture of, I was bawling because I didn't want to play the violin or, or take my lesson, have my lesson, whatever. My mother took a picture and said, this is what you look like. Why do you want to look like, do you want to look like? Wow. Little bit of tough love that, um, I really yeah. well, it's good. You got to see yourself. And meanwhile, Jonathan is just like. And not just a pain in the ass. Jonathan has revealed to me that while I was, I mean, that kid was sneaking out of the house before I, I'm like, how did just, you know, just the complete opposite of you. Popular kid, the kid who, you know, had fun. 
And I'm like, what is fun? I don't know what fun right. is. Right. Very serious. Now, you go to Baylor, you date someone your sophomore year. Oh my gosh, was that Brian Matthews? No. Uh, you dated someone briefly your sophomore year who you met up with later, but we'll get to that. Oh, uh, yeah. oh that's right. I yes. Uh huh. And you are at this big school. What was the transition like? And you couldn't be the mean girl, could you? I think that I'm being hard on myself by calling myself the mean girl. Okay. All right. But you went from like this tiny little town to this big college. I mean, that must have been amazing. And did you watch a lot of TV? Like, were you... No, you must have dreamed a lot. Like what's the net, you know, I mean, did you dream I'm getting out of here and I'm gonna, I didn't watch TV because I believe like who, who, who was the, yeah. who is, is it Betty? And it wasn't Betty White. Who said TV is for being on, not for watching. Who said that? It was like some Betty White type. Right, right, right. And I'm sure miss, I mean, obviously misguided a bit, but, um, no, no, I was way too busy to watch TV. I was way too busy. Going back to your work ethic, my great-grandfather came to Ellis Island. He brought Hereford cattle to the Panhandle of Texas. And there's just this sense of, like, I'm standing on the shoulders of people that have sacrificed immensely for me. What are you going to do with that? Right. And I took, I've taken that very seriously my whole life. And that's, yeah, that's your work ethic. I've heard you say know the history, know the history, know where you came from, know who came before you. Okay. So you're at Baylor. You're in this BFA program. There must've been kids from all over the country, uh, different backgrounds. Was it, were you shell-shocked or were, you know? Sure. sure. I'm sure I was. I remember seeing Bill Master Simone's, uh, oh, Extremities. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a workshop of that. And I was, oh my gosh, I thought how this is, this is horrible. I can't be watching this. I can't be hearing this. I can't be an actor. And yes, I was shell-shocked. Were the kids that that were in your program, uh, did any of them become very successful at the Baylor program? Do you know the name Allison Tolman? Yeah. Allison Tolman. Allison Tolman, who has helped me develop a play that I wrote about Channing, Texas. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so proud of her and to her just soar and fly. And, um, whenever she booked Fargo, the day she had her audition in New York, I took her, she took me, I don't know, but we went and ate at Ted's Montana grill after that audition. And I remember like, they're not going to cast me. There's no way they're going to cast me. Right. That, that was, that was the beginning. That was it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So you then go on to um, get your MFA at Case Western, where you won the Young Alumni Award. (laughs) And 
you really at this point put your violin down you wanted to be a serious serious you wanted serious acting never thought about musical theater no it was all never never i hated it I could really sing, even though I'd sung classically with my father who had, a, you know, he had his degree in vocal performance. Do you, you had a piano at home or? Yes. And my father and mother played. Okay. You get an MFA and you know, you want to study this serious theater. So of course you're, you come to New York city. Cause if you're going to be in theater right. and you move to New York city and are you successful. What are you, what are you doing? Are you just going on auditions? Do you, how do you get an agent? I mean, I, as a comic, I have to say it, you know, I feel lucky in a way that when I was starting, you know, there were places for me to get on stage. You know, there were so many places. It was the big boom in the eighties, but I could do a set at a happy hour anywhere, you know, but for actors, it's so difficult. I mean, this is where that's like, hanging on by a, the thread, like the, the process of going from Channing, Texas to even like getting my graduate degree at Cleveland Playhouse. I never met a professional actor until I was in Cleveland. I had no idea. The thought that someone could do this in real life, right. no path. There was myself, a machete and a forest. And, and so to answer your question, I, I had, let's see, I lived in the middle of Times Square uh, at a- Ugh. Exactly. I wore earplugs at night so I couldn't hear the rats running on the ground. <clears throat> I was working at a Starbucks from like 4.30 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. And then I had another oh. job that started at 11 at J.W. Cooper in the Time Warner building where I was selling boots and buckles and belts. Uh-huh. Um, I was so stunned by the people coming in buying. The, I'm like, you don't have a ranch. I know for sure you don't have. Right, a right, right. <laughs> anyway, so, oh, oh, but oh, gosh. Best little whorehouse in Texas. Oh gosh. Her name is, oh my gosh. I'm so deeply embarrassed. Who wrote best little whorehouse in Texas? Carol Hall. Yeah. Carol Hall's husband came in to buy a belt. And I was like, Carol Hall, I'm from Texas. That seed led, Carol Hall led me to, I think Angelina Fiordalisi, who started the Cherry Lane Theater, who then led me to Bridget Wimberly, who read my solo play and like that belt. Right. What that one little, you just don't know. You don't know. You have no idea. And also I do think that if you're not willing to weave and to, if you throw things away, you you won't be able to do the weave. Right. Right. If you say everything is fodder, everything is nothing in my life is unuseful. Right. Then, then, then there's a weave that can happen. And by right. way, you know what I mean, I mean, it, it's all part of the meal. Of the yes. Curiosity recipe. Yes. I was doing free theater. That's what I was doing. I got fired from J.W. Cooper for taking a gig that paid me zero money. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, it was a real, it was a real highlight. You start, you get cast in once. Now, once is was so fucking great and by the way i did a play and i am friends with ann nathan who is a good friend of yours i love ann nathan she uh, she knows that i really that i want to be jewish she knows and then david right. who's also also the original ones we have a little trio where they like 
they're like, you're Protestant and we're Jewish. And we, you know, there's like this mutual circle of. I love her. You realize that you are in New York City um, and you, you, you pick up the violin again. You realize that if you're going to get a job, it's, it's in musical theater, but you never thought of yourself as a musical theater person, but you get here and you see, oh my God, I better get that, that, uh, muscle in shape. Yeah. I wanted to do Shaw and Chekhov. I wanted to do Ionesco. I, you know, I wanted to do Shakespeare every day. And, and then it, it, you're exactly right. It was like, wait a second. So I picked up the fiddle and that was that I picked up the fiddle and we just had our 10 year once reunion concert. I came, I flew into the city for one day uh, from here being in Boston and I saw Anne Nathan, David Abelis. David Abelis was the, the COB. Uh, so he was <sighs> devastating because I was right. like, Oh my gosh, Anne and David. So it, it, yes, it really, it changed all of our lives and, and how it, it's full circle for me was to say, this is, this is how my aesthetic started. And to now be able to feel as if I understand, I'm beginning to understand what my creative language in the world is. So once, by the way, did you know that it was going to be this phenomenon? Because it was, it was incredible. I mean, all the actors were musicians. You know, I did Shakespeare in the park with Anne and we all, um, played music. I played the clarinet in that, but she's such a good musician. And, and so you, you had no, you get this part, you're probably having mixed feelings because, Oh, it's a musical theater thing, but you had no idea it was going to be this huge hit. It's crazy because I'm right in the exact same place. I'm literally 297 feet right now from the theater where we created once. Uh, uh, cause that's where we're doing 1776. Is that Huntington theater? No. ART. Oh, ART. Yes. But you've performed at the Huntington Theater. I did. I did Indecent there. Decent, Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Paula Vogel. Oh my God. What a. Over and over. It, uh, that is the. Oh, go ahead. Yes. I felt very privileged to be welcomed into that. that that's an amazing piece. Okay. I'll say this. The, the director, John Tiffany, Stephen Hyatt, choreographer, and the Wolf, the writer, Martin Lowe, the music director. Now my, uh, my age now when they were creating it. And I, now I can, my point in saying this is they knew who they were. They knew what they wanted to say and they were not afraid to create what they wanted. Right. You get to a certain age where you don't give a shit anymore. Right. And so they were, they were cusping into that place and they, and they, I think Stephen and John were each other's first boyfriends in Scotland, or I can't remember what. Right. Uh, they just, their aesthetic is so crisp that they know. So we did know, and we did have a sense that what we're creating, what we want to create. And there's something deeply powerful about saying, you know, you can tell when something is so watered down that you've had 17 opinions. And it's yes, yes, yes. Deeped. Right. I, I, the first time I ever, I grew up seeing, right. The first time I ever belted in front of a live audience was on the bar in the Oberon here at ART. And it was terrifying. It remains, it remains a part of my voice that I am frightened of, but. But you say you, I've heard you say, you know, that sort of inner humiliation is what makes you a better artist. To be embarrassed and to let, oh my gosh, to, to normalize that as a part of growth has been just an incredible teacher. 
Like I say, I can, of course I can be embarrassed. There's a hundred thousand new ways to be embarrassed. I'm sure. But, but the ability to just say, I, I may be embarrassing myself right now, but what will I learn from it? That to me, that ratio, the ratio of learning is higher or, or the, the cost benefit analysis of learning is greater than the risk of embarrassment. Right. And, and you know, that comics comedians, Oh my God. It's, it's every night. We don't know. We have no idea. That's the thrill of it for me. You know, I mean, you are out on the furthest limb. It's incredible. Right. And then if they don't laugh, I just scream at them. So that's good. So, um, before once you have this, uh, you, I don't know how, but somewhere in Columbus circle, you meet this guy named Jordan Richard. Thank you. Richard. Uh, Rashad, and this is the guy you dated well, well, uh, for a very short time. He went to Baylor. He was two, two years younger than you. So apparently you were robbing the cradle. He now. He's about eight months younger. He's about eight months younger. Oh, he graduated two years after you. That's right, because he came to New York uh, and finished his degree up here because he was like, why would I go back to Baylor when I now work for Good Morning America? Right. Yes. He is a news producer, uh, director. Uh, he's fascinating also as well. Okay. So Jordan Richard, um, who is very handsome. So you meet, how did you meet him at Columbus Circle? Like, what, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew the other was in town. And I was sitting down with Bailey Varnas of my graduate program, and we were having lunch. These names are fucking. Yeah. I think this is the this is podcast has the best names of any podcast I've done in the last seven years. Go I ahead. That's the highest honor. Um, I I have many more. If you would if you would like, yeah, to, yeah. Bailey and I were sitting there, and then walks in walks Jordan and his daddy, and. And and it was, yeah, we walk away and Bailey's like, why aren't you with him? And Jordan walks away and his dad said, why aren't you dating her? And I think it was what, I don't know, eight months later, we were probably close to engaged because I knew him. He was my friend. Right. But you just said, hey, hey, and that was it. It was just like, hi, nice to see you and blah. I mean, I remember in grad school, when I was still in grad school, Jordan texted me this text that said like 54, big Apple countdown, 54 days, you know? And I was like, hmm, he's, he's paying attention. But I also was not, and he and I, we've talked about this endlessly to his chagrin. I wasn't that into him. I wasn't that into him. I'm like, you can't, you cannot handle me. You can't, you can't. Oh my God, you are. <laughs> you are from Dallas. You are, you can't ultimately I'm sure it was a deep insecurity of saying I am, I am too much as a human being. I'm just way too much as a human. And I don't, I really don't think that um, I'm willing to expose these. The new- it was all, that's all you, that's all your insecurity. Right. You're right. Oh, 100%. And, and not, and not wanting to be vulnerable, you know, and wanting to have the upper hand. Judy. The, the fear of being vulnerable after walking the path that I, that right. I just described to you. There is no space for that. Right. You better suck it up and be tough as a boot. Right. So that process of, of softening, I think, for an, I think for any person getting into a relationship is, you know, the, the process of unlearning your need. Right. Because it all comes out. You're like, oh, shit, I, I, I don't want to do that. Oh.
Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with the one and only, the incredible talent, Elizabeth A. Davis. What a great person. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel. It's edited by Colin Schmeling. And everything else to do with this podcast in my life is accomplished by Brittany Joe Sowards, also known as Brittany Joe Sowards, who is married. If you like the show, please subscribe, leave a review, please, five stars. That way I can keep doing this, but it's getting a little more difficult as the weeks go on. So um, please subscribe and leave a review. The more reviews and subscriptions we have, the better it is for the life of this podcast. And I would give that review, I'd give a five star, a five star review. By the way, my um, Uber review, I, uh, my Uber, Uber review, whatever number is 4.5, 4.5. Okay. And when I get a driver that has a 4.5, I'm like, oh shit. So maybe that's why they're not like picking me up in the exact spot that I ask for. And have you noticed that Lyft is so fucking expensive, even though I have a 4.9 on Lyft? Anyway, who cares? So it's summertime, which means you're going to be reading at the beach. No better book to read than Yes, I Can Say That. When I, they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Written by yours truly. Uh, audiobook is also great. As I mentioned, I am performing. I will be performing this tonight, which is Tuesday night and Wednesday night. So that's July 5th and 6th at the Art House in Provincetown, Massachusetts. I have, I'm there all, all, you know, through the summer. I can't speak, apparently. And, you know, other random places. You'll uh, check out my website, judygold.com, where it has my calendar, and you can check where I'm going to be. And then you have uh, the Twitter and the Instagram, and I'm going to do more TikToks. Everyone keeps asking me to do more TikToks, at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y, G-O-L-D. And listen, not been a great few weeks for um, the country, and uh, I'm angry. I'm sad. We have to fight. Fight, fight, fight. The Supreme Court fucking sucks. They suck so bad. They are a partisan, hack, bullshit, Christian, fascist, like, I I don't, I really don't understand that motherfucker, you know, really did a job on this country. So happy July 4th. (laughs) It's really upsetting. But you know what? We have fought and fought and we have to continue to fight and that pendulum better swing the other way because it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, so that's that. And uh, you're all very attractive. I just want to say that. Whoever's listening till the end, I love you. I love you. I mean, can you fucking believe this crap? Can you? It's just, it's unbelievable. I, I just, you know, you fight and fight. You're so thrilled. And then, you know, Clarence fuckhead Thomas, you know, ruins your whole life. And his canto wife, Ginny, and that fucking Amy Cunto Barrett and Brett Cunto Kavanaugh and Cunto Neil Cunto Gorsuch. Oh, ugh. Sam Cunto Alito. Ugh. Anyway, here's a positive. Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson. What a, like, just the best. 
the best. That's that's a bright spot. I'm see. I'm trying to be positive. It's not working. Anyway, um, I love you all. Thank you for listening. Do I have anything else to tell you? Not really. I hope you have a great week. Wear sunscreen. And as we always say, so long. <laughs>